I was asked to share about the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, we were with the pastor and I told him, accurately we should call them the gifts of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father has his own gifts. We are going to see in the Bible. The Son also has his own gifts. The Holy Spirit has his own gifts. And why is the distinction there? It reminds me of something that happened yesterday. We went to visit somewhere and we arrived at the home of that man whom we went to visit with a friend of mine. And the man began to tell us, you see, those two things out there in the compound, those are mine. And then he pointed to the front yard. You see, these handbags and shoes and all these things, those are for my wife. Then by the way, you see those toys, those are for my children. A typical home as the father, the children, and the spouse to that father, who most probably we call the what? The mother. The mother will have her own things. The father will have his own things. The children will have their own things. Now, to start us off, allow me to dash to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. But we can begin from verse 14. The Bible says, These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. Verse 15. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of God, the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Allow me to read in NIV so that some of you who fear thouest may begin to breathe. The Bible says in the same First Timothy chapter 3, in NIV from verse 15, if I am delayed, you will know how people, how to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Allow me to get a table. Can two people bring that table here? Table, we are going to give it a name. Not really a prophetic name. Now, allow me to use... Does somebody have an umbrella here? Oh, there's an umbrella. Oh, thank you. Now, let's be clear. Can I have five chairs around this table? Actually, eight chairs. Eight or nine? Eight chairs around this table. Um, I want three to be down near five up there. Then I explain to you something. We are going to begin by being attentive, right? This, allow me to call the church. And allow me to call it the leadership of the church. The leaders of the church. Down here, allow me to call them the support staff of these people. Okay? 
then out there, allow me to call it the church and the world. Now we need to explain these five gifts that make the church to stand, then these three gifts that support these ones to stand, and the other gifts that now can spread to the crowd and even to the entire world. The church, we are going to see shortly, is run and decided by Jesus. The leadership of the church, the people at the top who like leading church, their gifts come from Jesus. While the people supporting them to run the church, their gifts come from the Holy Spirit. While the overall church and the world, their gift comes from the Father. Can I repeat? The leadership of the church, their gift comes from Jesus. Ephesians 4, verse 11. We are going to see it as we continue. While the men surrounding these Ephesians 4, 11, their gifts come from the Holy Spirit. And these people, they help to support these leaders. They help to support them. They help to make their work easier. While the rest of the church and the rest of the world, they are also gifts the Father has put there. Why do I say the Father's gifts are in the church and in the world. Just like any father, some of you are listening to me, the father has both good children and bad children. And all these are his children, and he needs to give them something. He needs to give them something to work with. We are going to see shortly, there are people who are not saved, but they have a gift from God. Steve Jobs even did not believe in Jesus, but he was gifted. And he helped to shape our modern world. Warren Buffett is not born again. Billy Gates is not born again. But these are leaders gifted by God. Not by Satan, by God. We are going to see shortly. Why when you understand the leadership of the, char- of the, of the church and you understand their support staff and you understand now how this extends to the world, how you will be relevant both spiritually and socially. When we talk of the gifts of the Spirit, we are not just saying speaking in tongues and all this. Those are part of the gifts. This is a structure that if you understand, you will see where you fit. And you will see how to tap from those who are in the structure. The Bible says something I love. That, let everything, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, be done in order and decently. There is first of all order before there is what? Decency. So to quote very fast before reading, without reading because of time, we have five people here. The Bible says we have apostle and then prophet. After that, evangelist. Then pastor or teacher. Read it for me, Ephesians 4.11. We begin. We have what? Apostle. And then he gave some to be what? Prophet. After that, who do we have? Evangelist. After evangelist, who do we have? Huh? Who? Pastor. After pastor, who do we have? Teacher. I want us to understand something. This church did not just come about because of a miracle. Some effort was worked out. This church did not just work out because of good luck. 
Some system was followed. Some procedure was followed. A proper church will have five people. They may be two at one time or one person at another time, but eventually the five will come, the five will go, but there will always be five if it will be a perfect functioning church. Initially, it may just be one person because, listen, some of you are married with five children and maybe one wife. You did not begin with five children. You began by staying alone. Then the more the family was perfected, the more these people came. The wife came, the firstborn came, the secondborn came, till you had even seven children. These things were not done at once. On the day of Pentecost, we did not have a pastor. We did not have an evangelist. All the people who stood up with Peter were what? Apostles. But after a while, when we keep reading the book of Acts, we hear of Agabus coming up as a prophet. We hear of a teacher like Paul coming up. These people kept filling and filling their slot on the table of God. So a church can begin with an evangelist evangelizing and a thousand people getting saved and the evangelist camouflages to a pastor and after a while he's struggling to teach. After a while, God will tell a prophet, go there because I've sent you. Be a prophet there. Or the same crowd, God can decide to raise a what? A prophet. Tunaskizana. Nyumba ayanzi maramo, maramoja. Nyumba inezanza pole pole, ama inezanza kwa kishindo. I know of a man who met a woman with four children and he decided I'm marrying you and all these children by default are my children. In one day they had five members of the family. The, ma the woman even came with two ourselves to help her out. So there were seven. Some will begin with one apostle doing the work, then a pastor joining him, then an evangelist joining, then a teacher joining, and who knows, this may be his children. The one he has preached, he has preached to. So allow me now to go back to First Corinthians. Is it First Corinthians? Yeah, First Corinthians chapter 12. Then I explain something. I didn't want us to look at spiritual gifts as, hey, so-and-so has that gift, so-and-so has that gift. I wanted you to see the order of God. When you understand it, you will see where you fit. If you don't understand the order, you may not know where you fit. First Corinthians chapter 12, from verses, um, verses 3. The Bible says, from verse 7, For to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And I learned the word common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretations. I mean, interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. These are gifts for the whole church. You will not find them in the world. You will only find them in the church. Allow me to introduce these gifts because I will put them in three categories. The gifts of the spirit, then you go to give the gifts of Jesus. Then we look at the gifts of the Father. Then we see how they fit in this before 
20 minutes are over. God help me. The gifts of the Spirit, we see the first one is called Word of Wisdom. Or what we call Message of Wisdom. The best example of the gift of wisdom we see in this priest called uh, uh, Ananias, the priest, who said, should one man not die for the people? He was giving a judgment which was supernatural. And John says in the book of John, he did not know that he was speaking by the Spirit. Word of wisdom is when you give supernatural idea or judgment or way forward without you relying on your natural ability. For example, it can be raining outside. Then somebody by word of wisdom can say, wait because we feel that if we wait for 20 minutes and we go through this route, something will happen that will help us not to be rained on. And whatever idea you add proves so supernatural. For example, Solomon saying, take this baby and kill it. That was word of wisdom. He did not know what he was doing, the profound effect it was having. It was supernatural way forward. Are you hearing me? You are stranded, then you have a supernatural way forward. That is word of wisdom. For example, we need to pray for 20 people, and we have 20 seconds. Word of wisdom will tell you, let them lift their hands and receive whatever prayer you need to pray. Or let them touch where it is paining, and they will receive. The word of wisdom is when you have supernatural judgment on a matter, a supernatural verdict on a matter. A supernatural diagnosis on a matter. When the prophet kept telling these people, go and do this. Or when Jesus could tell people, go take this soil, put it in your eyes, and then go see the priest. That was word of what? Wisdom. You are giving people supernatural direction. So Solomon used it. Jesus used it. Elisha used it. When Elisha tells this woman, go borrow these things from your friends. What was that? Word of wisdom. And why do we call it word of wisdom? Because it was supernatural. Why do we call it supernatural? It produced something beyond nature. It produced beyond nature. Then we have a friend close to word of wisdom called word of knowledge. Or a message of knowledge. A message of knowledge is when you have supernatural information. Remember, this one is judgment, but this other one is what? Information. You have supernatural information, which is beyond nature. For example, there is a man here, you are 32 years old, and last night you took matoke and maybe uh, beef for, 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 for supper. And this is what the Lord is saying. What you have just done, you have given us supernatural information. Many times, when we stand here and we are ministering, we rely on heavy dose word of knowledge from the Holy Spirit. By word of knowledge, a man can tell your age. By word of knowledge, a man can tell your favorite color. By word of knowledge, a man can tell how many people have maybe gone abroad in your family or died in your family. By word of knowledge, people can have supernatural information. These are gifts that are within the church. For example, when Jesus told this woman in uh, John chapter 4 that you are not living with your husband, but even the one you are living with is the fifth one. 
You have had four. This is the fifth one. What was that? That was word of knowledge. Knowing the number of times this woman has been married without doing research. That was word of knowledge. Now, allow me to... This is not just teaching. I'm also ministering. Allow me to tell you something very precious that will help your souls. Can I tell you? Never apply word of knowledge without mixing it with the word of wisdom. Or else, you will look like a diviner. Suppose I approach you. You are 32 years old and your shoe number is shoe number 8 and this is what you like to do when you sleep. Then I leave you like that. How have I helped you? I've just behaved like the CIA. I've just behaved like the FBI. I've just behaved like a policeman. Oh, you, you like color blue. And you, I've just played, car, I mean, what do we call it? Cards on you. I've not helped you. Or there's a woman here. You have, you have a growth on your left side. Then, what do we do? What is the judgment? What is the way forward? When you get a word of knowledge, make sure you trust the same Holy Spirit to give you what? Word of wisdom. Even if it is go and pray for three days. That is a way forward. Even if it is kneel down and say, Jesus have mercy on me. That is word of wisdom. That is a way forward. Are you hearing me? And this is also important for us ministers. And for some of you who are also going to be used by God. Never be disproportionate or imbalanced or extreme in how you use word of knowledge. You used to see it on TV. Our pastor could pick a woman maybe with breast cancer and could insist on the woman showing it to the camera. You remember that? And, and some could even touch it. In the name of healing, word of wisdom should tell you a simple way to healing this woman. Even take your handkerchief and wave and believe Jesus to heal. Even take your handkerchief or blow or wave. When men have word of knowledge, and they do not accompany it with word of wisdom. They risk losing their reputation. Some people Jesus knew. They were surrounded by Pharisees. And he knew this one, if I heal, and it becomes such a spectacular uh, miracle, I will be stoned. So he could tell them, shh, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone is direction. Don't tell anyone is a verdict. Don't tell anyone is a way out. Sometimes, the Holy Spirit will insist that you do something that is not making sense as part of your word of wisdom. Provided it is the Spirit, Christ will never be embarrassed. Provided it is genuinely the Holy Spirit, Christ will never be contradicted. And when we are looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I want us to realize the mind of Christ is not confused. The same God who begins with word of wisdom goes forward to tell you word of knowledge in the immediate count. When you're reading your Bible, don't just think these things were arranged by human mind. Everything was arranged pointing us to something very, very spectacular. So word of knowledge and word of wisdom should never leave one another. Never. You have a problem with your finances. Don't just tell anybody, hey, you know, the Lord is telling me you have problems with the finances. How have you helped that person? When 
When men do not know how to combine knowledge and wisdom, they bring pain. They bring danger. They bring catastrophe to the souls. They are ministering to. The next scripture says there, after word of knowledge, we have what you call faith. Now, can you believe that wisdom follow, begins, knowledge follows, then faith goes after that. Now, a lot of people want to have faith, but they do not have wisdom, they do not have knowledge. How will your faith then grow? How will your faith get away forward? You need, first of all, to know, the Lord is dealing me this way, and is giving me these details as he's leading me. Now, because he is leading me, and because he has given me details, I can trust him. Before Abraham had faith, he had direction. He had information. Our God is not a punisher. Our God is not unjust. Our God will give you information before he requires you to believe him. He will tell you, go! At least he has told you to go, you have information. At least he has told you to run, you have information. At least he has told you to wait, you have information. Never will God demand faith where there is no information. And when you talk about information, we are not talking about Google, we are not talking about storybooks, we are not talking about, you know, research, we are talking about the Holy Spirit giving you some knowledge, some kind of insight in your inside man. What do you mean by word of faith? Or the gift of faith. The gift of faith is different from faith in Jesus. The general faith that Jesus is Lord and all that. That is what you call saving faith. But the gift of faith is different from saving faith. The general, can I call it divine literacy. That ability just to believe in God. That ability to believe God exists. That is general. There is a gift that I believe all of us need. Called the gift of faith. The gift of faith is able to pick supernatural, uh, you know, conviction in the ability of God. Supernatural, childlike conviction about who God is. Have you met friends of yours? They believe God like fools. And actually, what they believe God about works for them. How many of such friends? Who believe God like children? And what they believe God, till they wonder, what is wrong with you? God should just be believed. You should just believe him for a prado. And you'll get it. And sometimes, what people need is not just to squeeze their faith or pray about their faith, but just to have the gift of faith. Remember, this gift comes from the Holy Spirit. You don't force it. But before it can really flow well, you need other gifts called word of wisdom, followed by word of what? Knowledge. Before you can believe God to heal cancer, are you even aware there is what? Cancer. Is there a word of knowledge about what? Cancer. And before you can believe that it will heal as we pray for three days, has God given you what? The wisdom, the insight, the way forward. Are we together? God believes, God wants you to believe after he has informed you of something. I believe this church is going to relocate, but at least I had a word of knowledge about it. Through another man of God, not even through me. Then this man of God said, hey, let's go like this. He gave us a strategy or a way forward. Now, if I don't have faith after that, 
I have chosen to sin against God. So wisdom begins, then knowledge, then faith. Keep going with me. To another, gifts, not gift, gifts of healing. That is King, no, NIV. I don't know if King James contradicts that. To another, gifts, not gift, gifts of healing. We are reading verse 8, I believe, of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 8. No, so verse, uh, verse, uh, verse, uh, verse 9. To another faith by the same spirit, to another the gifts, not gift, gifts of healings. Look at our God. We have wisdom so far. We have knowledge. We have faith. Now we are being told we have what? Healing. Can healing happen without faith? I ask you again, can healing happen without faith? No. And can faith happen without information? No. Before we can believe God to heal cancer of the pancreas, at least we have word of knowledge that it is of the word pancreas. And before we can heal it, at least we believe God. But even before we can believe God, we know how to believe God. We know that this one will come from this angle. This healing will come from this angle. Nothing is so frustrating for believers. Like when a preacher is vague. When a preacher just says, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. People don't take that seriously. Especially when they are on their deathbed. When a man is on the deathbed, when a man is about to go to, to jail, when a man is about to lose his life, and you are playing, we call it with the pastor, wiper. Tuamini tumungu, tuombe, tuombe namunagani. A man wants to hear clearly from the Holy Spirit. This is my problem. This is what has caused it. This is the anger. God wants to come and heal it. Some people even insist, how long will it take? Praise the Lord. So we have healing, but before healing there is what? Faith. Before faith there is what? Knowledge. Before knowledge there is what? Wisdom. Now I need to explain to you something that will blow away your mind. There are people with a special touch for certain diseases and certain conditions. I met an apostle, I believe last year, from South Sudan. He has one touch called barren wombs. Suffer all the barren wombs to come unto him, for they shall be opened. You bring cripples, no, nothing will happen. You even bring malaria, no, nothing will happen. But you bring barren wombs, yum, 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 the man will do his magic. Now that is a specific gift, a specific tailored gift. No wonder we call them gifts of healings because they are a specific line the Holy Ghost can decide to give. There's another man we have been mentioning with you, Maldonado. Anything called creative miracle, give it to him. The article he makes every Sunday, anyone missing a limb, you are missing any organ in your body, come and line up here. And he says, lift your hands, then he will release organs. You go check yourself. Organs are there. Just like that. And the elders in his church, the same grace is upon them. What has happened to this man? He has received a specific line of gift. There's another man I know. His touch is with the earring. 
Anything called ear drum and cornea and all these things, some of you crammed in biology and you still failed. <laughs> all these things you, you heard in biology about the ears, the man has it at the fingertips. And he will look at you and say, anything wrong with your ear? And it is cleared. Another man I know of is come to skin conditions. Whatever has caused them, he doesn't care. He will clear it. But remember, before he reaches there, he has faith. Before he reaches there, even in faith, he has knowledge. Before he reaches to knowledge, he has what? Wisdom. Now, wisdom will always tell him, this one, slap. Okay? This one, lay hands on the forehead. This one, release the fire. This one, just wave. Wisdom will never give you false answers. Ask Solomon. Ask Jesus. And all these people in the Bible who used word of wisdom at one time or another. Sometimes it is not that mama, God has not spoken. It is that God has not given the way forward. God has said he will heal, but he has not said how he will heal. So what we need to do, we need to wait on the Holy Ghost to give us a word of what? Wisdom. There are things that just require wisdom. For example, you need a miracle for marriage. Good. That is word of knowledge. A miracle for marriage. Which year? 2018. Good. Now wisdom will come and say, begin doing like this and doing like that. There's a woman I met, Pastor Kimani in Kampala, and she had a problem conceiving. The husband was a Muslim. So when I witnessed to him, he got saved. And I told them now, you trust in God to conceive, right? They say, yes. No wonder he has even gotten saved quickly, quickly. Then I say, now, the Lord is saying every Friday, not Saturday, every Friday, fasting and prayer for the next one year, it will happen. They said, but seven years we have waited. I said, the Lord is saying, seven, I mean, uh, every Friday for the next one year, be in fasting. What was I doing? Word of what? Wisdom. The way forward. I was not told, lay hands on the womb of the woman. I was not told, lay hands on maybe the head of the man. I was simply told, tell them to have a work plan. This work plan, because it is from the Holy Ghost, it will produce. I hope now you understand why the prophets of the Old Testament were so efficient. They were so efficient. Go lie down. Go rise up. Whichever instruction they gave you, whether you needed a oil or you needed a baby or you needed even, uh, even money, it worked. Peter was told, go to the lake. There you will find fish. That is word of knowledge. Now, this is what you do with the fish. Catch it. <laughs> Don't speak to it. Though Moses spoke to the rock. Don't speak to the fish. Catch the fish. When you catch it, now remove from its mouth. Not even from its fins, where, you know, the, the people tear and they remove the, 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 the intestine. From the mouth, remove the coin. Then, Peter, I'm still talking. Don't shut up yet. I'm still talking. Go and pay the tax. Not for your children, for me and for you. We need word of wisdom, man of God, in the church. We need word of wisdom like never before. And sometimes we need to be careful how we proceed with word of wisdom. Because if you miss one step, you have killed the miracle. If you miss one step, or if you ignore one step, you have missed the miracle. And some people, the Lord has put them on the bench. Nothing is working because they are yet to interact properly with words of wisdom. So we move on about this issue of diversities or different kinds 
of gifts of healing. Healings are plural because there are so many kinds of healings. Oh, I forgot to mention, the healings being referred here in the original Greek do not just refer to the physical body. They refer to the whole person. Meaning, there are psychological healings people need. There are social healings people need. There are financial healings people need. Some people have been sick financially and they don't know what to do. And there are also social healings. Some people have been destabilized. They cannot sit down socially. Since they were born, it is instability after instability. And they don't know what is eating them. They need a gift, a special gift of healing to touch their situation. When Jesus said only the sick need a, need a physician, he did not just refer to physical sick people. Paul was sick and he did not know it. Saul of Tarsus, those days when he was Saul of Tarsus, he was sick spiritually. By the time he met Jesus, immediately he became blind as a sign that this man was truly sick. And Ananas came with word of knowledge combined with word of what? Wisdom. The Bible says, Paul, I mean Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you has also appeared to me. And he has told me to do this. And when he laid hands on him, not when he preached to him. You know many times when we meet young believers, all you want to do is preach. But word of wisdom should tell you, some do not need preaching. Some need laying of hands. Others need water baptism. Because after he had prayed for him, he was also water baptized by the same Ananias. Through word of wisdom. Never be in a hurry. No wonder as a church, if we are going to flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we cannot be people in a hurry. Because one gift must blend with another gift and you must give it time to blend with another gift. And sometimes the gift in your sister is one part of the equation. You need another gift from another brother. No wonder we are called, they are called the gifts of the Spirit to the body of Jesus Christ. Moving on. Healing by the same Spirit to another miraculous powers. Or what you call here, yeah, miraculous powers. Many times when people are healed, they call it miracle. When people are delivered, they call it miracle. When people are given a word of knowledge, they call it a miracle. When people are given a word of wisdom, they call it a miracle. Till the real gift of miracle powers is misplaced. What do you mean by miracle powers? Not power, powers. Miracle powers is when you are able to interfere with nature. In heaven there is no need for miracle. It is on earth where we have the laws of nature where we need a miracle. For example, Jesus begins to walk on water. What was that? Miracle powers. He was defying nature. A snake rolls itself around the hand of Paul and he shakes it in the fire. And the Bible says the snake was very venomous. And Paul survived. By shaking off that serpent and by remaining intact, that was a miracle power. Again, Jesus goes to Cana of Galilee, not to give healing, but to multiply, I mean, to, 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 to change water into what? Into wine. And one preacher added and said, the miracle was not just that water changed into wine, the miracle was that after it changed to wine, it remained wine, it did not go back to being water. <laughs> People can twist the Bible, but that, that was a good twist. 
So here we are. Jesus is touching elements of nature. He is walking on water. The next time he's changing the same water. The next time he's speaking to that water to be still. Nature was being handled with ease. One of the faith I have, my brother Peter, is that we are the generation who are going to walk on air. The Lord walked on water. We are going to walk on air. It is not a wish. It is not a fantasy. It is a word I received from the Lord. But what will be happening will be a gift of miracle powers. Not a gift of knowledge. <laughs> that is not knowledge. That is not healing. That is not even wisdom. That is miraculous power. Where we are subduing nature. Now why do we need to subdue nature? My time is almost up. Because... The same nature can be subdued by Satan to bring harm. When Obama took power, I remember very well, some of you remember, there was an oil spill that was going into the sea and beginning to damage the marine life. And immediately I had to rush from Washington to go and supervise that work. It was going to damage his infant presidency. Suppose there was an Elisha in the land. Suppose there was a Moses in the land. Suppose there was a Paul in the land. Did the president need to do that? No. A man with a miraculous past could say, Oil, I speak to thee. Go back to center. Go back to where you came from. Water separates from the oil. I'm looking forward to those days. And if none of you wants those days to happen to them, may they happen to me. I know friends who do not take their laptops or their computers to the fundi. They lay hands. I know guys who when they are on the highway and the car is out of gas, they lay hands. These are miraculous powers. Things given by nature, you begin to control them by another nature that is from above. Jesus did it. Paul did it. Peter did it. The old prophets in the New Test Old Testament did it. Why should we not do it? We need to desire. Finally, as we finish, to another prophecy. Imagine, you already have wisdom, you already have knowledge, you have faith, you have healing, you have miraculous powers. Now, by the time you are prophesying, there is so much faith in the land for what you are saying to come to pass. Because prophecy is subjective. People can question it and doubt it and it may not come to pass over their lives. Elisha told the man, you will only see it but not eat it. Meaning you will not experience the fulfillment of that prophecy. People are promised Canaan and there were three million around there, and only two saw Canaan. Did God lie? No, God did not lie. The people played around with the word of prophecy. Prophecy is subjective. You doubt what God is saying, you may be messed up. You may fail to see what the Lord is saying. Because by doubting, you are increasing the mileage you will spend in the wilderness till you are destroyed. These people... The Bible says they could have taken two weeks. They ended up taking 40 years because of murmuring and doubting. But, 
Brother Liso, before Moses prophesied, Moses had done so many signs and wonders. Moses had done gifts of, 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 of wisdom and knowledge and all this. By the time it's prophesied, God was saying, Jamae, safari to ifunge. Funga ibao to malize. God had prepared the ground through miracles, through signs, through wonders. By the time it's prophesying about Canaan, he expected these people just to say, hey, we will better just believe this God and watch what he will do come to pass. Our God is a God of order. Before you received prophets, most likely you interacted with evangelists. Most likely you interacted with the pastors. Most likely you interacted with signs and wonders of their own kind. By the time a prophecy is coming for your future, your present at least is already making sense. Much of the gift of healing is for the present, right? Much of the gift of faith is for the present. Much of the gift of word of knowledge and word of wisdom is for the present. By the time prophecy is coming, you are set and ready because in the present, you have already proved that God is faithful. What is prophecy? Prophecy is the ability to foretell the future. Prophecy is about the future. Word of knowledge is about accurate information. Word of wisdom is about accurate interpretation of information or the accurate judgment of matters. But word of prophecy is about the future. Don't confuse word of knowledge with word of prophecy. Don't confuse word of wisdom with word of prophecy. Prophecy is about the future. But I tell you, my brother, my sister, the God of the present, if he's not making sense, why should he make sense in the future? The God who heals, if he cannot heal, why should he tell you about a bright future? Believe the Lord now before you can prove him tomorrow. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, now we finish to another speaking. I mean, distinguishing between spirits. The other word for distinguishing between spirits, allow me to run to my favorite here in King James. To another discerning of spirits. Allow me to say it is spirit, not spirit. There are four spirits. You know, these are the things we wish we do in a seminar for two weeks. There are four spirits. One of them is called the Spirit of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That is a spirit, right? The second one are the heavenly spirits, where we have angels and heavenly beings. Those are the second kind of spirits. We have God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is the first kind of spirit we are called to discern. Because, Pastor Kimani, the problem with the church, we have specialized in demonology and call it discernment. So people have no idea who is the Holy Spirit. People have no idea who is the Son. People have no idea who is the Father. People have no idea who are the angels. They have no idea who are the heavenly beings. Yet it is written in Hebrews chapter 12 that you have come to Mount Zion, to spirits of just men made perfect, to innumerable company of angels who are in a holy procession. We are called to that. Not we will be called to that. We are called to that. I wish I had time. But now, second category of spirits, angels and heavenly beings. These are spirits. When you go to heaven, they are spirits. They are heavenly beings. 
Ezekiel talks about one looking like this and another looking like that. All these are heavenly spirits. Then most importantly, which is of interest to many of you because of how you are raised up spiritually, are the demonic spirits. Then most important to my line of work, which is number four, is the human spirit. When a man learns how to discern heaven in two categories, that is the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, followed by the heavenly beings, then he comes on earth and he can discern men, but before discerning men, he can also discern you know, demons. This man, man of God, will be able to function in accurate, accurate purity of mind and of heart. Not everything coming your way is coming your way because of the devil. Some are coming your way because of human spirits. Have you ever walked around and you just felt somebody's talking about you or somebody's thinking about you and somebody's worried about you but you don't know this person? Was that a demon? No. That was a human spirit. And one of the ways a mother learns to correct the children is to give them that sharp look when they are stealing the sugar. Did the child say? And when the child turns, he discovers, right? What the mother is using is her spirit. And sometimes, some of you think ni, ni pepo inakunyonga, but it is your spirit protesting about a certain situation and saying, no, 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 I'm tired, I'm tired. And your spirit is trying to come out like my glasses. <laughs> and you are saying, devil, I bind you, but you need to quiet your spirit. Paul, not Paul, David keeps talking to his spirit saying, be still, my soul, or my spirit, be still. Because if a spirit is not still, it can run amok. So with your blessing, maybe tomorrow, and with your reminder, we can look more at spirits. Because we can prophesy, we can do healings, and when we rebuke spirits and we are putting them in their place, you are wondering what is going on. And some of your issues, you just need to discern the spirit you are dealing with. Some it is a spirit of your ancestors, and you need just to put it in a place. Some it is a spirit of a jealous neighbor who is now projecting jealousy on you and arresting your sense of peace. And you are singing your hymns, speaking in tongues, and there is no peace. Moving on as we finish, and to steal another interpretation of tongues. The next chapter, which I have no time to look into, verse 1 says, is even though I speak in tongues of men. And what? And angels. Meaning there are tongues of men and angels. But um, Pastor Kimani, how can you discern the tongues? How can you speak in tongues of men or tongues of angels if you do not know even how to discern spirits of men and spirits of angels and spirits of God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, even the demonic spirits? So before Paul tells us about interpretation, I mean interpretation of tongues, he is careful to tell us about discerning of spirits. Because these tongues are spoken by different spirits. One of them are angelic spirits, another is the human spirit. So one day a prophet told me in 2008, young man, 
You need to come to a level where you are able to discern different spirits. Then he left me like that. And the more I prayed, the more the Lord told me, there are different spirits, just like my servant has said. Then he taught me what I've just taught you about the imperial spirit of God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, then the subordinate spirit of the angels and the heavenly beings, then the human spirits, then the demonic spirits. By the time you are speaking in tongues of men and speaking in tongues of angels, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you are already proficient with what you are doing. They are angelic tongues. They are human tongues. I wish, I wish you had time for that. Those are the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, my brothers and my sisters. And why do we need them? We need them because all their specific names have a specific benefit. Wisdom has benefit of what? Wisdom. Knowledge has a benefit of what? Knowledge. Right? Faith has the benefit of what? Faith. Miraculous power has the benefit of what? Miracles. I mean, uh, what else? Uh, what else? Distinguishing of spirit as the benefit of what? Setting you at ease to know what you are dealing with. I was telling, I think, Brother Lisa, that one time we, to Lingangana, a certain spirit, we really struggled for six hours. And all this time we are rebuking, demon come out, demon come out. And the lady is taking her time to mock me. I remember I was wearing this shirt. And I was mocked. Finally, God gave me a word of knowledge. Nikasema, wewe ni pepojini. You are not a demon. You are a human spirit. Say, hey, mi naitwa Maria. Mimi nyanyake naishinda nyake. Then I knew I am dealing with a demonic spirit, but it is a human spirit. It is a human spirit I am dealing with. And there is a way we do that. We shall look at it. If the Lord blesses us, and if you remind me. Allow me to close my Bible. We have begun with the Holy Spirit and His gifts. We need to go to the Father and His gifts. Maybe in the course of the week. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe the day after. And after that we look at also the Son and His five gifts. The Son has five gifts. Beautiful. And when we understand how these three combine to give us this structure. And this structure is able to control the church. And the church is able to control the world. We will learn why Jesus had to die and why he had to give us all these privileges so that the world does not have an excuse that God has forgotten it. So that the world does not fall out of order. We look at all that. For now, the Lord Jesus is speaking to me and I don't know what the Lord is speaking to Peter. That some of you, you are in a gridlock. Okay? But as I was speaking, you are beginning to pick something that is popping in your head. We may not have time to lay hands on you or to call you one by one, but we want to release grace upon you. To crack that thing, to hack it, and to demystify it, and to get a way out. To be able to know that the Holy Spirit has already given gifts to put you at ease. Let's be on our feet. Peter, join me, please. Let's be it. Let, let, let's be on our feet. Let's begin to speak in tongues briefly as we can. Let's begin to speak in tongues. All of us, all of us, let's begin to speak in tongues.
we'll be learning also about speaking in tongues and the, the benefit it brings. Let's begin to speak in tongues. Keep speaking in tongues in the name of Jesus. Before he ministers to, to us, I want by the grace of God, we deal with this thing called gridlocks. You are having strange dreams that do not make sense. You are having strange phenomena that do not make sense. We need to remove you. We need to trust God to remove you out of that gridlock. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your people. Remove the gridlock right now. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Every kind of imbalance, every kind of encumbrance, every kind of a gridlock, every kind of vanity, every kind of bondage, Lord, every kind of blockage, we remove it from this altar. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, no more shall they dream dreams they do not understand. No more shall they have phenomena they do not understand. No more shall they have any blockage they do not understand. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, Father, we release liberty. Father, we release liberty by the power of the Holy Ghost. As the Holy Ghost comes upon them, let him begin, my Father, to release them from every kind of confusion in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. The Lord is putting a word that he was putting in his server right now about not understanding your dreams. And when he had just said people are having dreams that they cannot understand, you need to understand you are a spirit being. And the only way to communicate with God is when the flesh is asleep or is at rest. So the Lord has just put a word in me that when he's speaking to some of us in the dream, we, which word will I use? We hijack his voice. And we begin to speak rather than him speaking. Okay. Please help me here. This language looks to be difficult. You wake up and you're like, or even before you wake up, you're already opposing the dream and saying, no, it should go this way. You are not flowing with the dream. You are dictating the dream. And much of that is because you have not filled your mind with the word of God. A mind that is full of the word of God and the promises of God is a mind that will translate the same blessing to the spirit. By the time the dream is happening, you are not sweating, you are not freezing, you are literally flowing. And actually, by the grace of God, you are in charge. The Bible says, and I had a dream. When you look at Nebuchadnezzar, I was sitting on my throne. I was not sitting on top of a tree. <laughs> I was sitting on my throne. And this was shown to me. Not shown to somebody I do not know. This was a man in charge. When you are not in charge in your dreams, do not go praying a lot of prayer. Simply feed your mind with the word of God. Because your spirit being, as you are dreaming at night gives you the image in your mind. Now, if that mind is not full of the word of God, it will be haphazard. It will be confused. 
I had a friend of mine who before he slept, he had to do two chapters of the Word of God because he knew if I go to sleep and I do not meditate on a, on a sweet, you know, scripture to guide me as I sleep, I may wake up and I was just dreaming like anybody else who does not know God. There's a price to pay for good dreams. You have to be a man given to the Word of God. If possible, some of these steps you, you can access from anointed men of God. Run them before you sleep. Even if it is 20 minutes before you sleep, keep running them. Are you aware that you can actually be taken on a visitation of heaven just by listening to anointed worship as you sleep at night? You keep playing anointed worship. Your mind, through your, your spirit through your mind, responds to words and also to tunes. I slept on a bed of a prophet and insisted on one condition. You must leave worship on. That was the first time I ever saw heaven. I found myself climbing and going and going and going and going and I reached heaven. Why? The altar was on fire. There was a lifestyle. Okay? There was a lifestyle. Some of you are waiting for us to lay hands. But what you need is a what? A lifestyle. What you need is a lifestyle. Uh, people of God, salvation is a journey where we are heading somewhere. Okay? And also in dream is a journey. And I would like you this day as he has spoken, that when before you sleep, ask God for victory in the realm of dreams. Amen. Do you understand? You know, a lot of us, we have been hijacked in dreams and things we have stolen. Because there you have become you. Okay? In another word, you have entered in a level of Ibikaizo. Where nothing can be changed. Even God cannot change a thing. And so, I want to tell you this. May God, I just want to pray this simple prayer. May God give you grace to hear him in your dreams.